The title, if you're taking notes, the title is Exemplifying the Character of Christ in our life. And I want you to go with me to Romans 5, verse 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through Him, we also have obtained access by faith into grace. How did we obtain faith? How did we obtain grace? By faith. Access by faith into grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that our suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. Low character, low hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Go with me to Romans 8, verse 29 and 30, if you will, please. Glory to God. Romans 8, verse 29 to 30. For those whom He foreknew, how many of you know that He foreknew you? Not when you came to insight. Before you were born. Try and process that. He foreknew you. Isn't that amazing? You see, when you study the Word and let the Word saturate your heart, it builds confidence. Because you say, it actually had nothing to do with my mother and father. They were just vehicles. But I was sent from heaven, as were you. And you believe that? You better believe it. All life comes from God. The devil can't give life. So think about that. You were sent from heaven. We need to think about these things. It's important. For those whom he foreknew, look at this, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He did not predestine car accidents, sickness, and all the other garbage rot that people who have no faith declare over people's lives. The only predetermined aspect of your life is the image of Christ. And in Christ, the Bible says what happens? In abundance to the full till it overflows. So that's what you get from Christ. So cut that, kick that fatalistic garbage that people talk about. Kick it out. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. If there was a firstborn, there's a thirdborn, tenthborn, millionthborn, four millionth, trillionth, well, billions, sorry, not, there's no trillions in the earth yet, but billions have been born because of Christ. 
Now watch this. And these whom he predestined and called. God would that every man and woman be saved, the Bible tells us. That's his perfect will. The fact that they don't is not his fault. They choose not to. Okay? But look here. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And whom he called, those whom he called, he also justified. Justified means that there is no sin. Right? He also justified, just as though they had never sinned, those whom he justified, he also glorified. That's quite a mouthful. Okay? And we're looking at exemplifying Christ's character in our life. And so I wanted to set that as a foundation. Our Christian life in God is a result of God's grace. I notice of recent times, the Lord's taking me into grace because there's been excess. So I want us to look at it from the Word's perspective, not some brainwave that we picked up somewhere along the way. It's in God's grace that we stand according to Romans 5. Let's go back there. Romans 5, verse 2. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Okay? Now, there are different aspects of the grace truth that we can look at, but I want to stay with this, that in God's grace, we stand. You may have heard preachers, you may have heard people say, but for the grace of God, there go I. And that is true. Okay? But you can't live out of grace only because you need faith to work with the grace. Okay? So we must understand that. So this is His favour and His provision for us as believers. And grace means essentially that you and I did not deserve it. Why am I saying that? Because the enemy is forever telling us that we don't deserve it. But God brought a grace into the earth. Jesus, through grace and truth, the Bible says, right? In John 1. So He brought grace into the earth. And so we don't deserve it, but we have it. Okay? Are you with me? There's, it's, it's important that we understand this, that if ever we hear, you don't deserve this, you shut that thing down because God does not speak that way. If God wants to bring an instruction to your family, He will take you to His Word. He will not bring condemnation. He will let the Word act as a mirror to your life and you may have made mistakes, but that mirror is to rectify and bring you out of those mistakes. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he'll stand up. 
he'll stand up, he'll stand up. Grace in the true meaning is divine influence. So think about this. When I was a kid growing up, my mother would say to me, I don't want you to play with that kid. He is a bad influence on you. Any of you ever get told stuff like that? One, praise the Lord, two of us in the house. You with me? I don't want you playing with those people, those children, those young men, because they are a bad influence. Bad influence corrupts. Yeah, yeah? Amen. <laughs> That's right. So now, let's look at this. It's an influence upon the believer's heart. So I want to drop down, and it's a reflection. It'll bring forth a reflection of our life with gratitude to God in grace as we serve God by faith. Can you see? When you understand that you have everything at your disposal because of God, that brings a heart of gratitude. The Bible actually tells us in Psalms, come before His throne with thanksgiving. Now, the Bible does say, let your requests be made known. But hopefully we move on from the place where we spend more time looking after our own needs than we do after God using our life to meet the needs of other people. Can I get an amen? amen. So divine influence gives us the capacity, listen carefully, to positively affect our character. That's what happens. So the church spends too little time on character development. And we can't do it, the Word does it. Amen? Spiritual development, including our behaviour. So character, spiritual development, and then how we behave. And that comes out of Romans 5. We enter by grace. That's very powerful if you let it get into your spirit. Now, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, if you say you're filled, I wanted to just drop this with you. If you say you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you should never find yourself distressed. Ow! Oh. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you should never be distressed. If He's guiding you into all truth, you see, what the Spirit of God will do with us is remove excuses because that doesn't help us. Truth sets us free. So if we distressed, annoyed, or worried about what people are saying or talking about us, if that worries you, 
you're not full of the Spirit of God. That's a tough one, right? Remember, truth sets you free. You want to stand up there? They give it to you, boy. Most of it you didn't hear, but they give it to you. Everybody and anybody knows more about the pulpit than the man who stands there. It's just a fact of life. But you see, that's what's important. Your call, your walk in God is not because of the endorsement of man. It's, it's wonderful if people, you know, bless you and say it was a blessing to hear that word. That's wonderful, but give the glory to God. Don't lay hold of it in any form or in any fashion because I want you to see this, that Jesus didn't matter what they said about him. This is where I'm trying to get to. It didn't matter what they said about him. In fact, I would like to say that some of it, of the malice things that they said of him or could have said about him, weren't even invented yet. But this is the key. He was never disturbed by what they said. He carried on regardless. People quit ministry for a thousand reasons or quit a church for a thousand reasons or quit a family for a thousand reasons instead of just allowing the Spirit of God to minister the character of Christ into us, which is what is cross-pollinating into our life as we sit with the Word of God. You are never, you've heard me say this many times, you will never please all the people. Settle it in your heart. Love them, you cannot please them. Can you distinguish between the two? You love them, you love them, but you won't always please them. But that's the character of Christ. He laid hands on people that were even sussing him out. In fact, in one instance, he had to actually tell them, you didn't come for me, you came because I fed you. But, but he still worked with them. That's why you need to have the character of Christ so that no matter what anybody says about you, your approval, if you want approval, comes from God. Now don't get super spiritual and become rebellious and say, I don't listen to anybody because God is my source. Because that's rebellion. That's like witchcraft. Send you to hell eventually. So don't go there. Okay. But can you see, it's very important. It's very important. And I think in the time in which we are living and as things progress in the way they are going, the church is becoming brighter, but the world is becoming darker. And so you need to know from whence comes your strength. 
you really need to know. It's extremely important. I want us to look at something here. Um, in Luke, I really love this little piece of Scripture. I've been um, scratching out some, some little gems that I forgot about or haven't looked at for a very long time. And I wanted to go to Luke. This is your brother I'm going to read, your friend. His name's Jesus. I'm going to read you something about him when he was born. In Luke 2, verse 39 to 40, take this for yourself. Take it into your life. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, you do realize that Jesus served God under the law. The new covenant only came when He left. Okay? And when they had performed everything according to the law, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Talking about His parents. Verse 40, and the child grew. What was he? Child. And the child grew. Imagine speaking this over your child. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. And the favour of God was upon him. The New King James, I believe it is, says he waxed strong in spirit. So he was growing physically, but his real strength was in his spirit. Now, I don't know what his biceps look like. The Bible doesn't say. But I know he's a carpenter, so he must have had some muscle. Okay, you don't work in carpentry and look like a little runt. I shouldn't think. And he walked many, many kilometers. So his calf muscles must have been developed. Surely. Surely. Okay. I don't know why the Lord doesn't tell us here, but he doesn't. But it does say, he, I like this in the um, New King James, um, wax strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom, waxed strong in spirit. Did you notice? Not talking about the outer man, talking about the strength of the inner man. Have you ever looked at a mafia story? In my lost days, I used to like the Godfather. I think I thought I was the Godfather. <laughs> that was a good role model for me. And this was the thing about the Godfather. They were always little men. But around them were big men. It was the little man that told the big man what he should do. Ever seen that? All the hoodlums worked for a little man. Sometimes he was a little fat man. Sometimes he was a thin man. But he was little. Most of the godfathers seemed little. 
I hope you're getting the point. It's not what you look like on the outside. It's what you look like on the inside. The devil's not scared of your physical being. He's terrified of the spirit man. Because the Bible says, when I submit to God, resist the devil, he flees. That word means in terror. And I take great delight in reminding him. Because I didn't write the Bible, God did. And God's Word never returns void. So if I exemplify Christ's character, the more I walk with Christ, the less He has in me or on me. Hello? Don't you want to live there? The less He has on you, the less He has on you. Wax strong is to empower and increase in vigour, energy and vigour. That's what starts happening when you're around the kingdom. Now, I want us to go to Ephesians 3.16 because that's speaking about Jesus. But in Ephesians 3.16, I'm sure you know the Scripture. It's worth a lot of meditation of this word. Ephesians 3.16, the Bible says, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. It makes no reference to the physical. Because this is a prayer for spiritual strength. Now obviously, depending on your job, you need physical strength. Even if you're going to walk around, you need a measure of physical strength. But what I want you to see is that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you. That's a prayer you can pray. Well, why don't we just go to verse 14 and read it through to 21. For this reason, Paul speaking to the Ephesians, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. Holy Ghost so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Dwell means He abides continuously. How does He do it? Through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That's one place and one place only, your inner man. Is it possible? The Bible says it's possible. The Bible says it is possible that you be filled, filled with the fullness of God. He doesn't lie, family. Now, when you reflect on this in the mirror of the Word, you may feel that you're coming terribly short. Well, I've got good news for you. You can change that immediately. It's simply a choice. Okay? But this is what it says. To Him 
who is able to do far more abundantly. Now we know how to quote that part. Why don't we know how to quote 19, the one just before? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you and I may be filled with the fullness of God. Imagine that. Now, you already have God in you because the Bible says so. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This grace that we read, the grace we read in Romans 5 is exactly the same word in the Greek of the grace that was on Christ. There is no difference. That's why you can't serve God religiously. This is a lifestyle family. And that grace allows us to walk in the love of God. Agape, that's agape love. And agape love is a choice. So if you scandaled about me at lunchtime, I choose to love you regardless. Because I don't want to owe any man anything but to love him. Do you understand that? I'm not being smart or frivolous. Clear your heart that you never owe any person anything but to love them. It's such a powerful, powerful truth. And to just add another component to that, that agape is speaking of a love that is unconditional. And so when God calls people, I've noticed, when God calls people, He calls them incomplete. They are not complete. None of us are complete. We may have served God for 20 years, but He calls us at a point. He would have told us at the beginning of the 20 years, we might faff around for 20 years, many do this, never actually get their feet on the ground. But the call doesn't change because God doesn't change. And so if you look at yourself and you think to yourself, you just don't qualify, that's a lot of garbage, you know. And so in the church, we have to be patient with people because righteous people make mistakes. Do we write them off? The Bible tells me love covers a multitude of sin. I've had to make decisions in this church that I can tell you many would disagree with. But I filter it through a God of love, not judgment. For the Bible says I don't judge anybody. I will bring instruction of the Word. You're not going to fornicate in this church and I'm not going to say something. I will bring the word. 
Are you with me? Thank you. It's a pleasure, sister. Because fornicators go to hell and I can't afford that on your life or anybody's life for that matter. Amen. Very quiet in this Holy Ghost house. Okay, let's close up here. We are to exemplify Christ's character through a process of separation from natural religion, allowing the Holy Spirit to work God's Word of truth in us. Did you get that? We exemplify Christ's character through a process of separation. So if you feel the road's getting narrower, rejoice. It's supposed to. Hello? It's supposed to. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road. That narrow is talking about separation. God calls us to separate us, to bring, because you can never outgive God, I can tell you now. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit will work God's truth in our life and allow us. How, would, how many people do you think would be saved if we would pursue the character of Christ and leave stinking old religion outside the door of the church? 